My name is James Gleason, and I want to welcome you to the weekend teaching ministry of Sunrise Church here in Hillsboro, Oregon. Now, Sunrise is a church devoted to being a safe place to hear a life-changing message. And our vision is to lead people in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And so every weekend, we share a message of hope from God's Word, the Bible. Now, if you'd like to know more about discovering and growing in a relationship with the God who loves you, please take a moment to visit our website at www.isunrise.com. Now, from there, you can learn how to connect with the God who loves you. And you can learn how to grow with others along the journey of life. You can learn to develop a heart to serve the least, the last, and the lost. And finally, you can learn how to lead others to know Jesus Christ on this journey of disciples making disciples. And so now I invite you to follow along with our weekend message as you discover the heartbeat of God. Well, I want to take a moment to transition, and I want to tell you a little bit about my story. Now, some of you know my story. Some of you are familiar with my story, but I want to tell you about my life growing up. So I was born in Indiana, and some kind of that Midwestern boy originally on, and in the process, we ended up moving to California. We had, uh, you know, journeys back and forth. It wasn't uncommon for us to, uh, you know, hop in the the Toronado, uh, and, and travel across the United States. We did that quite a bit. And um, we were always in search of a job or in search of work. And, you know, in the process, we'd always go back to Indiana, and I would go to church with my grandma and grandpa. Uh, and, and Carl and Vera, just amazing people. They loved the Lord. They were passionate about Christ. And they would take us to their church, a Wesleyan church there in Frankfurt, and it just, you know, really grew and saw some things as a little kid. Uh, but church to me was something out there. You know, it was a, um, it was nice to go every once in a while, but, but I wasn't really a part of it. It was a, it was a disconnect. Um, but I heard enough about God that I pretty much considered myself to be a Christian, a good moral person. Um, I, I was born in America, you know, basic family, you know, lived life. I was exposed to, you know, everything everybody else was. And I had enough church encounter that when I would look at myself, I would think, well, I'm not as good as the next person. I mean, I'm not, I'm not perfect by any means, but I haven't murdered anyone, right? I haven't done anything horrible. I haven't disqualified myself from one day going to heaven. That was my little childlike thought there. And so I just considered myself good enough to be a Christian. And, um, you know, but I struggled with self-esteem. I struggled with uh, being valued. We, you know, grew up in a home. There was a lot of anger. Um, My dad was abusive. There were some physical, mental things that went on. There were a lot of struggles. And so I I became an inward child. I, I became all alone. And I had that wound as well as some of the other wounds. And and along the journey, um, you know, just really had a crisis of who I was, identity as a person. And so I decided that I would do well at things. I would do well at school. I would do well at work. Um, I, I enjoyed working. I enjoyed finding some expression. I enjoyed finding identity in what I produced. And so I, I jumped on a treadmill, basically. I jumped on a performance treadmill, and I wanted to get good grades. I wanted to hear well done. I wanted to get approval from those things. I, I really wanted to clean my life up so that other people would see that, so I would get some kind of recognition. Uh, I remember working at Five Corners Automotive there in Petaluma uh, with my boss, Dave Law, and I, I just wanted to do the best job possible so I could hear from a man who mentored me, you know, good job. And, and so there was that hole in my heart there that I never felt I was doing enough. 
Well, my mom and dad separated for a season, and that was a, a harsh wake-up call. I remember the brokenness in our family at that point. And not long after that, my mom came home from work, and she told us that she had received Christ. She had come to Christ earlier on in her life, but this is when she came back to Christ, and it was really through the help of uh, a little Baptist church we started going to and the relationships there that I started really being introduced to Jesus, not just religion, not just church, but Jesus. And for the first time, I heard the gospel, but I was resistant. Uh, I didn't want anything to do with this. I was good enough. You know, I feel I just figured out that this whole jumping in religion thing, going to church all the time, because we had Sunday morning church, we had Sunday night church, we had Wednesday night church. We had choir. We had youth group. Basically, that kind of church, when other doors are open, people show up. And I just was okay. I had enough of God to be fine. And I remember, you know, being challenged by my mom to go to a winter retreat. It was over Thanksgiving up in Truckee, and I didn't want to go. And I ended up going, and there was a gal there, uh, Terry, Terry James, who reached out to me and invited me to play a game. And I was just being a jerk. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want anything to do with that. I wanted to go home, and I wanted to prove my mom was wrong, that I was right, that this was a stupid thing to do. It was going to be boring, no fun. But somehow this gal asking me to play a game created a crack in my heart, and I had fun, and I enjoyed it, and I made some friends. And it wasn't but a month later that I received Jesus Christ that I remember in December of 1979, standing there in my bedroom, Uh, down in Petaluma, and I I just, I was done wrestling with God. The hounds of heaven had been unleashed, and I was tired of running. And I just said, okay, God, I believe in you. I receive Jesus Christ. Um, I'm going to give my life to you. And I didn't know what that meant, but I knew that it meant I was going to follow Jesus. And um, I was baptized shortly after, there in February of 1980. And I still have the certificate and a picture of that. But, you know, my life began to change dramatically. My thoughts, uh, my interests, my desires, my relationships. I started reading the Bible. I started going through and reading things like Psalms and Proverbs. I started reading through the Bible a little bit later. And at the encouragement of my mom, she got me one of those uh, daily walk Bibles. And I began to read through that. She was reading through the Bible in like every three months. It was crazy. And so I started reading the Bible through every year. And my life began to change. I went to college in Salem, moved up from California, and originally was going to be uh, someone who went into the business world. I wanted to get an MBA. So I started with, you know, like a master's in accounting and a minor in, um, you know, some of those business classes. And um, God got a hold of my heart, and I began to serve in youth ministries. And uh, I began to really find passion in sharing Jesus with young people, getting plugged in. By the time I graduated, I had become a youth pastor, and I lived in Boise and then moved here. And God was on a journey of captivating my heart. And he was really doing something that I had never imagined before, that I would be involved in this passage of scripture. In fact, I've got it on the screen here from Matthew 28, where Jesus tells his disciples, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And I began to see that as my passion, to make disciples of young people and ultimately, you know, all you older people at Sunrise too, and to go and to baptize and to teach. And really where we are as a church and our mission and our vision and the strategy, 
All of that came about because of what I was discovering in the Gospels. What I called back then, win, build, equip, and multiply. Win students to Christ, build them in their faith, equip them to go serve their peers and those outside the church, and then multiply them as they you know, really become disciple makers. Well, then I became senior pastor at Sunrise, and, and we just changed the words to connect. We want to help you connect in a relationship with God, an intimacy with God. We want to help you grow to have that relationship where you're with the family of God and growing in the word of God and in prayer, God's spirits work in your life and then serve, equip you to serve and go out and do those things and be the hands and feet of Jesus because the most beautiful part of being a follower of Christ is being like him and he was a servant and then lead other people on the journey. And so all that said, that started in my life when my grandma and grandpa started taking me to church and it was a journey. Now, the, the reason I tell you my story, and a lot of you have heard it, is that there has been an undeniable change in my life because of Christ. I don't know where I would be. I would probably be alone. Uh, I probably would have gotten married, but I probably would have blown up my marriage. I would have been a horrible father. I would have followed in the sins of my relatives, and I would have been just like that. But my life has been remarkably transformed because of Christ. I don't see it day after day. I still wrestle with issues and struggles and problems, you know, but the fact is Christ has come into my life and I'm a different person. Now, I used to think my story was a boring story. I remember coming to Christ and, you know, we thought about sharing our story and I just didn't really have a story. And I kind of wish that maybe I'd grown up in a you know hardened motorcycle gang, you know, who dealt drugs and sold witchcraft or something like that to innocent little children. You know, I don't know. I, I thought, man, if I had a dramatic story, then it'd be really cool, right? Uh, but it dawned on me as time went on that the dramatic story is really Jesus. He's the hero of my story. It's not about me. It's about me saying yes to him and following in his footsteps. And so my story is pretty simple. I lived a life apart from Christ until 15 years old. I received Christ because of a, just a great youth group, a great church who taught about Jesus and told me I need to repent of my sins and receive Christ. And, and then my life, 40 years now, I've just been living this. And I want my dying day, I want to be telling people of Christ, making disciples. So what is your story? Because I know you have a story. You could be dialed in the very first week here on our Sunrise Facebook Live page. But you have a story. You know, I guarantee you at least have a story uh, before Christ, right? What God has, you know, really, you know, shown up in your life. Maybe some people have walked with you. You've met some Christians, good or bad experiences. You've heard about God. You've watched some stories, maybe online. You know, you know something. Maybe you read the Bible. Maybe you went to church. Maybe you were baptized as a kid. I don't really know. Um, but you have some kind of a story. Maybe some of you have a story of actually receiving Christ. And maybe it's not as dramatic as others, but you definitely know you were blind and now you see you were lost and now you're found. And hopefully you've got a story of what God's been doing since then in your life. You know, one of the most dramatic conversion stories of somebody, you know, far from God coming to Christ in the whole Bible is this guy, Paul. He started out as Saul of Tarsus, and he started out a pretty religious guy, a Pharisee. 
ardent in his faith, real passionate about his Judaistic beliefs. And, and he comes to Christ in a very dramatic telling on the road to Damascus. And he's blinded and falls off the horse. People fall down. I mean, it's just pretty chaotic. And, and all this goes on. And then he receives Christ. And he, his whole life changes. And he tells everybody around the whole world about Jesus and plants churches. And we got the whole New Testament pretty much because of this story. Now, when we come to Paul's story, we first saw it. In fact, Pastor Taylor shared it in Acts chapter 9, the story of Paul's conversion to Christ. And then a few weeks ago, Pastor Shane shared it in Acts 22. Paul was sharing it with the Jewish people, his own brothers and sisters in Christ. Well, today I want us to be in Acts 26, where for the third time we hear Paul's story. We hear his story, and his story is now told to Romans, to people who, uh, in, in their faith, they have different beliefs and different gods and such, but they're curious about Paul because the trumped-up charges the Jewish leaders have put on Paul, they know it's not true. They know that there's some conspiracy going on, but what he's saying is rather strange. It's rather odd, and so in, in varying encounters, they Paul they call Paul forward to say, tell us again. So in Acts chapter 6, if you've got a Bible, you know, it's great to turn there. It starts in verse 4. We're just going to go down. It's the story of Paul coming to Christ. But I want you to notice something. I want you to notice this. Uh, this just, first of all, Paul talks about his life before Christ. So we use uh, common terminology, B.C., before Christ, and, you know, the Old Testament time or the ancient history time, B.C. And, and then the cross, Paul talks about how he came to Christ, and then A.D. in our time, it's Anno Domini in the year of our Lord, but what's been going on since then? So I want you to notice, because this is what I did, actually. I shared about my life before Christ. I shared how I came to Christ, and I share what God's been doing in my life since then. And, and Paul does the same thing. And as we hear Paul's story, I want you to think about your story. It's not my story. It's definitely not Paul's story. No, none of us have a dramatic story like that. But we all have a story, and I believe that Jesus needs to be the hero of all parts of our stories. But I also see that this is the greatest tool for sharing your faith with someone. It's just simply your story. You, you may not have gone to Bible college or seminary or have degrees and all this stuff, but if you have a walk with God, you have enough to share a story. You may not have all the answers for everything. I don't have all the answers for everything. But I know this, the answers are there because the answers are found in Jesus. And so I want to read his story. Now, this is the BC. So note that. This is the before Christ. And I just want to kind of follow on the screen there. And so he stands before these Roman rulers. Uh, you could say they're religious, but they're more secular religious. And he says, as the Jewish leaders are well aware, I was given a thorough Jewish training from my earliest childhood among my own people and in Jerusalem. So Paul was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was the Hebrew of Hebrews. If anybody had faith, Paul did. He was raised in the church, as it were. He had the godliest parents, you know. He knew all this stuff, and he, as a young child, was raised to replicate that. So he had a great foundation as a religious person, right? He says, if they would admit it, they would know that I've been a member of the Pharisees, the strictest sect of our religion. Not only did he grow up that way, he became that. He was like the people everybody looked to and said, wow, if anybody could get to God by obeying the laws, that person certainly did it. Not just a Pharisee, but like the Pharisee of Pharisees, the most religious and strict person in that. 
He says, and now I'm on trial because of my hope and the fulfillment of God's, all God's promises made to our ancestors. In other words, I'm living this out. This is actually why, I, this is the fulfillment of what God said. In fact, that is why the 12 tribes of Israel zealously worship God day and night, and they share the same hope I have. Yet, your majesty, speaking to the rulers, they accuse me for having this hope. This is all of our hope, is that one day we'll be resurrected and appear before God. We'll be with God. Why does it seem incredible to any of you that God can raise the dead? Speaking of Jesus, because that's the whole point of this faith. He goes on to say this. I used to believe, that's cool. in my old days, I used to believe that I ought to do everything I could to oppose the very name of Jesus and Nazarene. I mean, I was literally, quote unquote, hell bent on destroying Jesus because these people, these fanatical cult people were saying he was here, he did miracles, he came back to life even after we had him killed, and he's just changing lives. I just was had one mission, and that was to destroy that because my fellow Jews were starting to believe in Jesus. Indeed, I I did just that in Jerusalem. Authorized by the leading priests, I caused many believers there to be sent to prison. And I cast my vote against them when they were condemned to death. In fact, if you read the story, when this guy, uh, Stephen, who was just a passionate follower of Jesus, one of the original servants or deacons, um, and when he was killed, the, the religious leaders, you know, threw him stones at him and killed him. Uh, Paul stood there and held the coats, you know. Because he, he was like affirming this. He was partnering with it. Then later he was actually doing it. In fact, he goes on to say this. He says, many times I had them punished in the synagogues to get them to curse Jesus. I was so violently opposed to them that I even chased them down in foreign cities. Now, did you catch it? This is Paul's life before Christ. I mean, before he met Jesus, he was a religious person. He, he grew up in a religious household, and he was the best example of a religious person. If anybody could have made it to God by obeying all of the rules, it was this guy, Paul. He went, even went so far as to kill people, to, to cause Christians to suffer because of their belief, because all the rage inside of him was against these people who were causing his Jewish brothers and sisters to believe in Jesus as Messiah. That was who he was before he met Christ. Now, who were you before you met Christ? Who were you? What was your life like? Maybe you were religious. Maybe you were raised in a religious home. Maybe you didn't know anything about God. Maybe you were raised in an atheistic or agnostic home, whatever. You have a story beforehand. Uh, some of you, maybe, you know, you prayed a prayer when you were five or six, and so, you know, your story is like raiding a cookie jar, getting caught red-handed or something. I, I don't know. A lot of people who have a story of coming to Christ at four, five, or six and getting baptized, you know, they wrestle with this in high school. They have to own their own faith, and that's okay. That's fine. It's, it's a point where you say, I used to believe this. I used to be like that. What is your before Christ story? We've all got one. Well, and then Paul goes on to talk about how he met Christ. And we know this is dramatic. He says, one day I was on such a mission to Damascus, armed with the authority and commission of the leading priests. About noon, your majesty, as I was on the road, a light from heaven brighter than the sun shone down on me and my companions. We all fell down and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul. That was his original name, Saul. Uh, That was his Aramaic name and and his Greek name uh, was Paul. And so uh, in in a sense, he he went from Saul to Paul as a transformation. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is useless for you to fight against my will. The original language is kind of cool. It says it's... uh, 
It's difficult to kick against the goads. I like that. It's if you were uh, some, somebody who was like a shepherd and you had animals, maybe you had goats or you had cattle, you had sheep, and you, you, know, you would press against them or they would have fences you would press against. There would be these barbs, these sharp uh, you know, things that were put in, uh, in the, the elements of the fence or the, the line of there. So when you pushed against it, it hurt you. That's the goads. It's, it's kind of tough to fight me, isn't it, Paul? You know, you're really fighting hard. It's really kind of hard to go against my will, isn't it? Who are you, Lord, I asked. And the Lord replied, I am Jesus, the one you're persecuting. (laughs) Wouldn't that be amazing? And that was his story. It goes on to say this. He says, you know, now get up to your feet. Get up, for I have appeared to you to appoint you as my servant and witness. Tell people that you have seen me and tell them what I will show you in the future. And I will rescue you from both your own people and from the Gentiles. And that's important because that's where he's standing right now, in front of the Gentiles, because of his own people. The story goes on. It says here, yes, I am sending you to the Gentiles to open their eyes so they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. You know, that's, a, that's an interesting little point there. Um, as offensive as it is to hear this message and you know, you can send me all the emails you want because it is an offensive thing. You're either in the family of God or you're in the family of Satan. And I mean, we don't like to think about it that way. But you're either living in the kingdom of light or you're living in the kingdom of darkness. Without Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Bible says we're spiritually dead. We, we you know, we walk around here. We live, we breathe, but we're spiritually separated from God. And only through faith in Jesus Christ do we get a spiritual life, a connection with God. Other than that, our lives are far from God, and our eternal destination is where the enemy, Satan himself, is going to be, in the eternal lake of fire, which was created for Satan and his angels. But if we rebel against God and push him away at every chance, to the very end, that's where we end up. I like how C.S. Lewis said, God's not going to, this is my paraphrase, God's not going to push himself on you. Either you say, yes, I'll receive Jesus, or God says, yes, I'll let you reject him. But he's not going to shove himself down your throat. He says here, the power of Satan to God, then they will receive forgiveness for their sins and be given a place among God's people who are set apart um, in faith. Now, in me, now, now this was Paul, how he encountered Christ. Real dramatic. There's a blinding light, and they're all knocked down, and that's his story. The important thing is to note that he didn't just drift into belief in God. Uh, it wasn't just like a, okay, I'll finally become one. He has a story. I mean, it's a dramatic story. Mine's not as dramatic, but I remember mine. I was in my bedroom. 1264 Marion Way in Petaluma, California. And I stood there at my bed. I remember the window being open. And I just fought God every chance. I had, I had resisted him. And I thought I'd do it my own way and I needed just a little bit of God. But I was confronted with the truth that I was lost. I was, I was actually a sinful person. And my eternal life would be in hell. And when I read the Bible and heard that and, and studied that, I thought, I just don't want that. I want a true life. I, I wanted it on my own and I realized I couldn't. And so I finally said yes to believing in Jesus and receiving Christ. What is your story of coming to Christ? Because that is Paul's story of coming to the cross. The cross is where Jesus died 
And Jesus died to cover our sins, to pay for all of the wrong that we've done. But only when we come to him by faith and believing that and receiving that, is that applied to our life and we're forgiven and our slate's wiped clean. What is your story? When did you come to Christ? You don't just drift into it. You don't just one day wake up and go, wow, I started going to church. I think I think this way. Now I'm a Christian. No, maybe you're a good churchgoer, uh, but to be a follower of Christ means you've actually had an experience, a conversion experience. What is yours? Well, then finally, in just a couple words here, he talks about his life since then in the A.D. time period. He says, and so King Agrippa, I obeyed that vision from heaven. I preached first to those in Damascus and then in Jerusalem and throughout all Judea and also to the Gentiles that all must repent of their sins and turn to God and prove they have changed by the good things they do. I like that. When Jesus first shows up on the scene, there's a guy called John, John the Baptist, we call him. He, he was preaching this message, repent of your sins and turn to God, which is a really beautiful metaphor of change the way you think and then your actions will change. You need a change in your heart and your very life and your, your purpose and being. You were headed this way and now you're headed this way. You were going that way far from God. Now you've turned around, you did a 180 and you're headed that direction. You look on the map and you realize I'm going south on I-5 when I'm supposed to be going north and you get off at the exit and you turn around, you head north. That's what it means. It means to repent of your sins, all of our actions against God, and turn to God and prove it, show it. You better have a life afterwards that says, my life has changed, my thinking is changing, my heart's affections are changing, my words are changing. Yeah, some people have dramatic stories. Others, you know, it takes a while to get rid of some habits. I get that. But the reality is you have to have some way of saying, this is what's changed in my life. And this is exactly Paul's story of what's gone on. The whole rest of the New Testament is that, what happened since then and all these stories and planting churches. But the bottom line is this, Paul had an undeniable change in his life, and he was absolutely passionate about this new life in Christ. Now, as I already said, and you already heard, my story isn't dramatic like that. It's not. I wasn't involved in horrible, horrible things, but I acknowledged I was a sinful person and received Christ, and then God has changed me since then. God has used me in ways I never, ever thought. And it's not about me, it's about him. He's the hero of my story. Jesus is the hero of Paul's story. What is your story? Have your attitudes changed? Your lifestyle, your values, your behaviors, your relationships, your dreams? Stuff has to change when Jesus takes up leadership of your life, when he becomes your Lord. I want to share two stories from Sunrise. And these are, these are only a couple minutes long each. It's really kind of cool. I sat down with several folks this week, four stories. I can only keep two. The other two you'll see in a little bit online and Facebook. But right now, I want you to hear Greg's story, and I want you to hear Lori's story. So take a look at these. Hi, my name's Greg Getchell. I've been coming to Sunrise Church for about three years now. Uh, I grew up in a very, very dysfunctional family, uh, abusive, alcoholic father. I was on my own when I was 15 years old, uh, got into drugs, got into alcohol, and pretty much stayed that way. Uh, used a lot of people. Uh, I went to a Catholic school, believed in God, but uh, only asked God for help when I was in trouble. Um, uh, but my life was just a mess. 
a, a total wreck. Uh, I, uh, I was a lost soul. I lived that way for about 40 years and got in a little trouble and uh, wound up here at Sunrise doing community service. I, I talked to some people here and Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And one day I was walking down the hall, uh, the Holy Spirit came into me. The next day I threw away my alcohol, threw away all my dope, pot, everything. I have no craving for it. I love the Lord Jesus. I went through a, a Bible study with Pastor James. It was uh, quite a long course. And then I started teaching this to the homeless and helped to turn their lives around. Lord Jesus can do, do this to you also. I know this God is real. He's changed my life and I was bad. He can change your life too. Um, let him in, open your heart. Jesus loves you. Hi, my name is Lori Vizzini and I've been going to Sunrise Church for about eight years now. I grew up uh, here in Portland. I uh, was born in California. I came when I was really young uh, and I lived uh, in Tigard and about nine years old, my parents divorced. About that time, my sister uh, came to know the Lord and put a lot of her energy into the Lord and that part of her life. Me, I invested in basketball and sports, which helped me kind of cope and deal with some of the things that were going on in my family life. From that point, I ended up giving my life to Christ when I was 13 uh, at, in California at my grandmother's trendle bed. And I, but I didn't really understand what it meant. I kind of switched it around in my mouth for several years as I lived out my high school life and my college life uh, playing sports. Sports gave me my identity uh, and what I uh, did and my accomplishments, but there was always something missing and I didn't know what it was. But I switched around in my mouth for several years who, who Jesus was. I would imagine him in the rafters, swinging his feet, looking down on me, saying, how are you gonna play for me today? and using my gifts for him. But I really didn't understand what it meant for him to be Lord of my life until about a year after college. I injured my knee my junior year in college uh, during a very important basketball game and basketball was taken away. And it was really uh, devastating for me being able to uh, not have my identity in something that was prominent. And so the Lord just started kind of working on me at that point. And about a year after college, uh, it was a pretty much a born-again experience where the Holy Spirit just overwhelmed me and said, Lori, I am your identity. I am the one who gives you value in who I say you are. And when I truly believed that I was a child of God, God really started to move and work in my heart. And I really believed that at that point, I swallowed the truth of who God says he was. And I believed it. And he became Lord of my life and Lord of my heart. From that point, I've uh, had a journey. Uh, I went on some mission trips. Um, I started working for uh, an evan Luis Palau, um, an evangelist, and just really deepened my faith in the Lord. I got married, had a child. Unfortunately, I experienced a divorce. With that, I plugged into Sunrise Church and uh, built a church family where I got involved in a Bible study and just some ladies who were investing in me and investing in my growth and cared about who I was. And I really believe at that point, I really started to grow uh, exponentially and I'm just so grateful for my Sunrise family and I just I'm encouraged every day and I continue to learn and grow on this journey called life those are awesome stories 
And they're just stories of people who have come to faith in Jesus Christ. And notice, there, there's an element here of their life before Christ. There's an element of their life uh, when they came to Christ and got what God's been doing since then. I just want to wrap it up with a couple thoughts. First of all, your experience matters. You know, Paul had a pretty dramatic experience. I had an experience. We all have some kind of life before Christ. And that is an important part of your story. It could be bad experiences, painful experiences, educational experiences, religious experience. I don't really know. But your experience matters. And it is a, it's a key part of your story. The second thing is, is that not only that, but your example matters. What God has been doing in your life, and I know you're not perfect by any means. I'm not perfect. But your experience now and what God has been doing and how God is changing you, that matters. But what's most important, friends, is this. Jesus matters. It's, it's all about Jesus. And no matter how dramatic your conversion was or what your life was like since then or what you've done you know, in, 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 in all of your life and your accomplishments, the reality is this, is everything is about Jesus. If he's not the hero of your story, then I think you've got a wrong story. Now, here's what I want to encourage you towards. If you go to our website, isunrise.com, and right away you can see the watch online where our podcasts are. At the bottom of the audio and video sections are a list of all of our sermon notes. In fact, we usually have discipleship questions and such, and our sermon notes are right there. This sermon note, you can take a look, is, is a personal testimony worksheet. A personal testimony worksheet. I've included it on the back two pages of this weekend's sermon. Or I've also included it just as a personal testimony worksheet on its own. But I challenge you this week to download that, print that off, look at that, and start writing your own story. I would love to hear your story. Write it out before Christ, how you came to Christ, what God has done in your life since coming to Christ, and then send that to us at pastors@isunrise.com. In fact, I would love to not just hear your story and read your story. I'd like if some of you are bold enough to be able to video your story and let it be one of the stories that play on our Facebook page so your story can encourage and challenge someone in their walk with Christ. Now, there's one question I haven't actually asked yet. And so I've asked Pastor Francis to come on up, and Francis is going to ask this question for you. Thank you, Pastor James. Uh, it is so wonderful to hear about the stories of, you've heard the, the story of Pastor James, and in the preaching of God's Word, you heard the story of the Apostle Paul, and you heard Greg's story, Lori's story, wonderful stories about how Jesus forgives us of our sins and also continues to work in our lives. But friend, if you're hearing this today and you're wondering and asking yourself, do I have a conversion story? Do I, do I, has there been an undeniable change in your life because of Jesus Christ? And I want to ask you that question. Has Jesus Christ become the Lord of your life? Do you have that story? Well, I want to tell you that there is good news. I want to speak the good news to you if you don't have that story. And here's the good news. It's very simple. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And if you're hearing this and asking, is it that simple? Yes, it is, because it is what Jesus says. Believe in me, and you will be saved. But you know, in those words, there is so much meaning. 
And if you're listening, what do I believe in? You must believe in Jesus Christ as if he's the only one who will save you. Because all other things or all other, all other forms of salvation are just mere emptiness. No one can save you the way that Jesus can save. And the second thing, it says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You must surrender to him as your Lord, as your master, as your king, as your, as your sovereign. Only then you must allow him to enter into your life. And what, what must you do? As we heard from the preaching, you must turn. You must repent from your own sin and turn to God. And we've seen that over and over again. You know, in all these stories, how people have turned they were going in one way, and they turned towards Jesus Christ. You must do that. And the last part, believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved. You know, Jesus comes through in his promises 100%. When he says, you will be saved, you will be saved. And what are you saved from? You are saved from the wrath of God, the judgment of God, the eternal punishment. Because God is just. But you know, God is also loving. God's unfailing love, Jesus' unfailing love, will never fail you. So here's your opportunity. If you look at the passage in Acts chapter 26, you know, Paul ends with asking a question to King Agrippa. He says, King Agrippa, do you believe? And King Agrippa says, in a short time, would you persuade me to be a Christian? And Paul tells him, I, don't know, I do not know if it's short or long, but I know this day that you must believe and you must become as I am, that you must experience, you can experience the same salvation that Paul experienced. So would you pray with me? If you're that person hearing this, would you pray and say, Lord, I need you in my life. I want you to come and change my life. And I want you to give me joy and comfort and peace. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. I believe that you are my Lord. I believe that you are my King. I am sorry for my sin. I turn from my sin and receive you as my Lord. Please forgive me of my sin. I want to experience salvation. And I want to see your love pour into my life and save me from all of my sin. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, friend, if you prayed that prayer, well, we want to pray with you. And in the next few songs, here's the opportunity we want to present to you. Please join us online and communicate with us. We would love to pray with you. Our leaders are standing by. So as we worship together, please do not miss this opportunity. As Paul said, this day, believe. Thank you. God bless you.